This week on Inside Motorsport, we conclude our chat with David Brabham. I hope you'll stay with us. David, in Bathurst, running a Toyota 86, people associate you with sports car racing. Formula One, very, very different beast. Very different, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, Well, I, I, I know one of the guys from Toyota and I knew he was putting this series together a, f- a few years ago and he asked, you know, look, we're going to look at bringing some guest drivers, would you like to do it? And I've known, no, it was Mike Breen, so I know Mike since laser days, you know, so um, we've always stayed in touch and I said, yeah, look, if an opportunity comes up, great, you know, and I'm, I'm not really David Brabham, the racing driver anymore, you know, I've kind of parked my helmet, I haven't officially retired, but I've just kind of parked it been working on some other things and and I don't think about driving you know so for me I got to try and wake up all those feelings and emotions and you know trying to hone in on on stuff because I'm I'm way behind the others because they're all you know fighting for a championship and everything I'm turned up I'm like okay what's this car you know I haven't got a clue you know so um, very very different yeah no obviously not the sort of power I'm used to um, when I was when I was racing so yeah what is it like to be a semi-retired race driver after having made the pinnacle and done so many of the world's great races and then to go i'm not racing anymore it was a deliberate decision it wasn't because the market forces forced me out you know i've been i've been working on some stuff for a while now and uh, you know just kind of laying the foundation for something that big enough to warrant the, the Brabham name associated with it and you know something for you know Sam and Matt to get involved in and, and all, but not just from a driving point of view but from a business as well so that takes time to to get all that right I so remember. for me it's not a problem I'm focused on the, the future for, for where I am something like this is a bit of fun yeah the first time I met you in fact Canberra in a club yeah yeah, yeah 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 going around there and like yeah. the entire entourage is there and here you are, I don't know, I think it was your second meeting, yeah. perhaps? Yeah, yeah I, I think I won, didn't I win that? Mm-hmm. I think I won it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was... Um... In fact, I was in the race too. Oh, were you? Were you in the race? <laughs> really? Really? Oh, cool. Um, yeah, that was uh, a few races, I guess a few races from when I started, but I was still kind of green, I would say. And that was just, yeah, that was one of, that was the... Um, what they call that then? Was the Canberra Cup or something? Was that right? Yes. And you know what I always find strange is, you know, thinking back then, all I could think about was today, not not tomorrow, where my career might end up. And I've kind of always been a bit like that. And But sometimes it's good to have a goal and you work towards it. But I kind of ended up just focusing and doing the best I could and then something came next, you know. So it was a little bit of a reverse uh, psychology on all of that. When did you decide I want to be a racing driver? I think when I started karting I, I didn't have long-term ambitions to be a, a racing driver. I, I I wanted to try it, see what it was like and, and, and whether I was any good at it, you know. And then the more I did it, the more I enjoyed it and it just ignited something in me to just keep keep going. And of course, that race in '87 at Adelaide was a bit of a highlight down here, and got the Australian Gold Star because they decided to place it for that race. And so I managed to win something the old man hasn't. So that was see, he won nearly everything else. He had to leave something on the table for us. So managed to to pick that one up. But 
I, you know, because when I, when, when my girlfriend got pregnant, you know, my dad was like, well, how are you going to be a racing driver with, with a kid and all that sort of stuff, which obviously would made it difficult. Um, but I still convinced him that at that point I really wanted to have a go in Europe. Didn't know how long I was going to be there. And, um, you know, that's a situation did come up, which was a free drive to get me over there. So with the Camel sons of famous drivers, so I was with Derek Bell Racing and Justin Bell, so Derek's son Justin, who is, is one of my best mates. And um, that's how it kind of started. And yeah, I mean, you can see it forever and go 30 years of racing. But uh, <laughs> What was the impetus to say sports car racing would be the thing? Was it just what you naturally found yourself at? Or was, how did you end up there? Because you did spend a long time. I think after 90, I went back to do 3,000 for four races. Didn't have any money, but uh, um, Fernando Plata, who was my teammate, brought the money to keep us going for a bit. So I did three, four races, and the budget was about to die, and then I got a, a, an invitation to drive in the Jaguar XJR 15 series. And I finished second at Monaco behind Derek Warwick. Uh, Jimmy Richards was in that race and uh, he was beside me on the grid and um, I got an invite to do uh, the, the World Endurance Championship to do a test in the XJR14 which was a beast of a car and they said look if you want to come and do a test why don't you uh, ring us after the after the Monaco event in the in the 15 so I said okay great you know so I rang them and they said well there's no point you testing if you're not going to drive for us so hang on a minute, I said, you're offering me a drive? They said, well, yeah, fuck, okay. So um, that got me into sports cars and I, you know, success straight away, finished first and second at Nürburgring and the car was so fast, you know, it was difficult not to win in that thing. It got more difficult towards the end of the season, Peugeot and Michelin really stepped up and then we were struggling a bit, but um, I just found that environment really enjoyable working with a teammate getting the best out of me getting the best out of them that whole team and thing so i i found a happy place i think and i had unfinished business business in formula one so i went back in 94 and of course we didn't have the money to do anything so uh it was like well that ain't gonna happen i gotta focus on making a living and go go racing and that's what i did so sports cars was a massive part of that yeah and it, it purely was you were comfortable in it and you could earn your living there. Yeah, yeah. More so than any romantic sort of notions. Yeah, no, I could, yeah, I mean, I could, I've, I've been lucky, I've always been paid to drive. Um, when I left here, even with Camel, I had a free drive and Camel gave us like five grand to live off the, off the year, which, which I could, you know, I was living with the team in a house with no rent and, you know, so I could do it. So uh, when I got to Formula One, you know, I was paid as well. F3, I was paid. So it was, in those days there were opportunities, which aren't so much now, which is unfortunate for the young guys coming through. I guess of any category, you talk about being in a Formula One team without the money, without the resources. Would you say to any driver, it's not worth going to a team that doesn't have the resources? That's a very good question. I, I think having the Formula One experience and having XF1 driver on your CV helped me get sports car drives in the future. So 
that's all I would say. It's up to them to, for their choices, but I can only explain what happened to me. Yeah. So it did pay off I th- in the end? Certainly in terms of sports car stuff, yeah. Yeah, I think Tom, Tom Walkinshaw probably you know, looked at my CV and okay, it wasn't a success as such in Formula One, but I'd done Formula One, I won in F3, and he was always keen on bringing young guys through, and, and so I got I got the opportunity, and, and lucky for me, I, I did my job and did what I had to do, and uh, it's a shame that program finished at the end of that year, because uh, Jagger just pulled the plug on it. How easy was it to be David Brabham, not Sir Jack Brabham's son, David Brabham? I think I've always been son of Sir Jack Brabham. Um, it's a, a tag you, you have forever. Jack achieved so much and, and is adored by so many, you're, you're compared all the time. So what, what's, what's important, I found for me, is just being comfortable with who I am. Let the others deal with it, you know what I mean? So that, that took a while because of experience and, and so forth. Um, I guess in America you were Jeff's brother. Yeah, you're probably right, actually. Yeah, yeah. Because when I started racing over there, he was a big name in sports cars and super successful. And so, yeah, I came along and I was his little brother. So, <laughs> yeah. Pleasure to speak with you and uh, all the best in the 86. All right, thank you. Yeah, I might need a bit of luck. <laughs> My thanks to David Brabham. That's all we have time for this week on Inside Motorsport. Until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.